Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for your leadership. All right. Yeah. Well, happy United America Day. Values that keep me going and keep me strong, but this is what I know. Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people, God says, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal their own and cure their diseases. That's where we need to be. Amen. Today is National Right to Life Sunday, and I will tell you, I have a great concern that since Roe v. Wade, 60 million innocent lives have been taken. And you might disagree with me, or you might say it's a women's rights issue, but you've got to understand that when you have a biblical view of life, you see in Scripture that life begins at conception. David proclaims that. God knew him while he was in his mother's womb. Even John the Baptist, when he was in Elizabeth's womb, and Mary walked into their house with Jesus in her womb, baby John left in gladness in response to Jesus. We are hypocrites in this land because on one side we say, talk to your child while it's in the womb. But on the other side, we call it a meaningless blog that's at anyone's discretion. You can argue certain cases for abortion. Yeah, I know you can. I think of Mike and Lupe are on field forever, because when I was a new believer, they were told that Lupe has serious cancer, and either they abort the baby and do the surgery, or they risk the, the life of both mom and child. Now, I wouldn't say that all of you have the kind of faith that Mike and Lupe have, but I can tell you, they put their faith in God. That church began to pray. And I know that today, Lupe is a grandma and has children through that child because by faith, God delivered them. <laughs> Abortion has become, become nothing more than convenience. We want to deny what sin is in this land. We want to justify everything. And if having a baby is no longer a danger because we can take care of that problem, then do whatever the hell you want. Pardon my English, but we've got to articulate how crucial this is. If my people who are called online will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then why heal their hurts, heal their own, and cure their disease? That's the God I I want to understand the God of the Bible. I don't want him to align with my prejudices in life. But I want my prejudices to be dealt with in order that I might understand this. Yeah, and that's what I say. As you guys. But I'm going to pray for our leader, and I'm going to hope for the best. I love what, uh, who's the guy in big? Tom Hanks, right? Did you hear what he said? He said, my hope is that President Trump will do such a good job in office that the next time I have an opportunity to vote, I want to give my vote to him. Interesting. 
seems like a pretty unprejudiced view. One of the best for our leaders. Let's believe that. Hey, I'm excited. Uh, I, I've got some kids that I, I want you to meet. Uh, let's uh, Asher, Trevor, why don't you guys come on up and bring mom and dad with you? <laughs> All right. And I understand the males are going to come. Are they going to come with us this morning? Oh, there they are. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Uh, this is a vote of support. You know, uh, we love to dedicate children here at, this, at, the, at Summit. Um, it, it's a commitment. The parents want to raise their children for the Lord. They know the Lord and want their kids to know the Lord. And they're also inviting the church to say, will you join us in praying for us and doing what you can to help us in this mission? I think already, uh, yeah, well, anyway, uh, you've blessed them in the past and, and we want you to continue to. But to have the mainlands here standing with them and saying, you know, it might be a little superficial when we ask the whole congregation to support them because people say yes and what do they really do? But now a couple like this say, hey, we're with you on the journey, right? That, that just takes an extra step. But I know there's others of you who are there, so, so glory to God for that. This is great, great, great privilege. We love you guys. Thanks, Mom, for uh, getting those kids ready on Sunday mornings and allowing <laughs> your man to come and play piano or play drums or whatever and blessing us that way. I pray for you and you and both of you who... A couple of kids at home, three kids at home, and unleashing your bed and saying, go, go serve, and we'll be okay. Thank you for that very much. That's a great privilege. Yeah. But it's not about us, is it, really? It's about him. Isn't that right? It's not about me. It's, it's about God being glorified. People are bringing their children to Jesus in order that he might bless them. Disciples who viewed them sternly. Jesus is a busy man. Why bother him? They do children. But Jesus put the brakes on right there. He said, hold on a minute. Let the children come unto me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. And that's what this is all about. It's about blessing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So is, is Jaden hiding over there? <laughs> yeah, hey, buddy. Can I pick you up? Cool. I love that man. Thanks for that, Simon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. David, you did it. I love you. You've got a great mom and daddy. Asher, can I hold you? Can you? This is awesome. Asher, we dedicate you holy in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love you both. Yeah, no, no,
ever. Also, we dedicate you to the ones in the name of God and others and other folks. Amen. Oh, dear. Are you, are you doing something? I have a bowl, yikes. So, congregation, we support this couple in their efforts. We pray for them and love them. So, James, Stacy, thank you. We give glory to God for your commitment to Him that you've come to this place of relationship with the living God, beyond religion, to knowing Him. And we pray your children will come to that place as well. In a place where they say, I'm repenting of sin today, and I want to be baptized as a statement that my faith is alive and real. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Yeah. It's a privilege. It is a privilege. Glad to see you all today. It's good to be together. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your love. God bless you. Yeah. Mountains and valleys of life. We've all walked and we've all lived. Today we want to talk about crutches. Defining crutches, what's, what's a crutch action? A crutch is something we lean on in a dependent way. In, in such a way that I was never intended to be leaned on. I, I guess the, the best definition I could come up with is an unstable security. And I had to laugh when I wrote those words, unstable security. I mean, isn't that an oxymoron? I mean, it doesn't quite seem to work, yet really it's part of our lives. It's, it's part of the way we, 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 we live. It's trusting in something or someone to be for us that which it was never intended to be. I think we've all heard the expression, he's resting on his laurels. It actually comes from ancient Greece. The, the Greeks would take the, the, the branches of laurel bushes and weave them into victory crowns that would be placed upon the heads of their champions in their games. Games that we followed with our Olympic games. A wreath, a crown. So laurel sounds like a really, really positive thing. But here's the problem. It's easy for us to rest in yesterday's glory. I can't be contented with yesterday's glory. I can't live by promises, especially politicians. Winter in the spring. 
Today is my moment right now. This is my story. So I'll laugh, I'll cry, I'll sing. How many people with amazing potential have, have you witnessed in life that have failed to reach their full potential simply because they're holding on to something in their past? I, I don't know much that's, that's worse than that person who's an obvious quitter yet has many, many stories about something he once was or once did. In fact, ancient Greece stands as a, a testimony to this, that you better beware of <coughs> standing too strongly on what got you to where you are. There's always room to grow, always room to change. You know, when I was a kid, there was a time that I thought riding my bicycle with training wheels was amazing. <laughs> I remember my first bicycle, it was a red bicycle. It was a used bicycle. I got it for Christmas. And the reason I got it for Christmas is because my best friend Jim and his brother, they were getting new bicycles. And they're, they're folks, and they want to know what do they do with their old bicycles. And they're like, well, Michael's family can't afford a bicycle. Let's give them our bicycle. And so one Christmas morning, my family walked, us, walked me out to our little shed. And there in the shed was Jim Allen's old bicycle, not mine. <laughs> Started riding with training wheels, and training wheels were great. Why do I need any other way to ride a bike? Huh? Training wheels work just fine. But the problem with training wheels is they limit you to experiencing the full potential of the ride. <laughs> Besides, if you lean too heavily on them, not a good thing, right? There's a better way to ride a bike, and that better way is called balance. <laughs> and, and while friends and family might have cheered me on when I first learned to ride a bike with training wheels, nobody ever intended that I stay there. Training wheels were made to come off. So one day the neighborhood kids took a little bit of initiative. They pulled my training wheels off. What kind of mean at first? But they worked with me and helped me to learn how to ride that bike without them. And when they finally saw the victory, they called the whole neighborhood together. Brothers, sisters, moms, dads, cats, dogs, they all came out to, to witness this amazing feat. Come see as Michael Scully rides a bicycle without training wheels. <laughs> wow. Well, I think all that attention got the best of me. Because as everybody stood there watching, I pushed off of one curve, gave that one round of the pedal, but somehow panicked and forgot how to steer the bike, jetted across that little intersection, hit an adjacent curve with the front tire, threw me in a stop sign onto the floor for all to see. <laughs> it was painful in a couple of ways, right? Yeah, but training wheels, they're never meant to stay. Losing them can be a painful ordeal. And the reality is, most of us are leaners. leaners. We're leaners. We have crutches, crutches in life that God's going to help us to, to let go of. David was no different than you or I. He had experienced a great victory over that giant Goliath. In fact, he experienced many, many victories. But but, but that wasn't the happily ever after. There are no happily ever afters this side of heaven. David still had some challenges in front of them. And part of the problem was David, too, was a leaner, just like you and I 
So he would have to face some very, very real tests in life. Tests, tests. Tell them to do it. David, like most of us, leaners. And so this takes us to our text today in 1 Samuel chapter 19, starting with verse 8. And then I'm, I'm, I'm covering a big portion of scripture because it all fits into this context. It takes us all the way to 21.5. And I'm just going to highlight a few things along the way. But before I show you the crutches David would have to let go of in this portion of scripture, I have a couple of qualifiers that we need to explain. When you hear me talk about people as crutches, such as David's wife, I'm not trying to reduce her to some kind of object that's to be possessed. Okay, we're talking about analogy here. We're talking about uh, unstable securities. We're talking about allowing people and things to have those places in our lives that they were never intended to have. I think a great example of this is, is in my own marriage. And, and sometimes I make it sound like we have a perfect marriage. We don't have a perfect marriage. And one of the things that we have to deal with is when are we enabling each other? As a Valerie coming to grips with the reality that she doesn't have to be, nor should she be, Michael DeScoli's source of happiness. <laughs> if Michael DeScoli is going to be happy, he needs to figure that out on his own, right? So that crutch got yanked in her. <laughs> better both. Better believe it. Also, when I say that David's wife was a crutch that he that would have, that would have to be removed, okay, what, what's what, what we're not doing is giving permission to walk away from relationships. Again, analogy, giving people and things a wrong place in our lives. So let's just walk through these crutches quickly to give us kind of an overview of what's going on here. The first crutch that David had the lecture of this portion of scripture is the security of position. We're talking about vocation here. We're talking about job. We're talking about the thing that gives a man value. So upon his victory over the giant and a number of other victories, and, and we've looked at those over the past several weeks, Saul gave David a high rank in the armies of Israel. But when you get to chapter 19, verse 9, Saul, the king, who had promoted David, has now made an attempt on David's life. The boss doesn't like David. David's in trouble. His vocation is stripped away. It's a crutch removed. The next crutch David would have to let go of, as I mentioned, his own wife. Again, Saul rewarding David. He had made a promise. Any soldier who would go against the giant Goliath would have the privilege of marrying the king's daughter. Wow, huge reward. Family of royalty. It was a good thing, but Saul's heart was changing toward David. So if you back up to chapter 18, verse 12, what you read there is Saul saying these words, I will give her to him so that she might be a snare to him. Wow, there's a reason to get married. <laughs> right? In chapter 19, she helps David escape an attempt by her father, but when she's confronted about it, she says, I was forced to help him because he threatened my very life. And never again will David and his wife share the kind of harmony that they once shared. Relationship. Crutches being removed. 
So David escapes. He runs to the hills. He goes to the amazing prophet Samuel, the guy who wrote this, this book. But when you get to chapter 20, he's forced to leave him as well as he slips away to crutch number four. I, I, hope, I hope you're seeing this. Location, family, now a mentor. From there, he goes to visit his friend, Jonathan, the king's son. But now, he'll have to say goodbye to a friend. You can check it out, chapter 20, verse 42. It's not the end of the relationship. They share a deep love, but because David's life is threatened, he can no longer have an association that he leaned on so heavily. Hmm. But there's one more crutch that would be stripped from David. And that is the crutch of personal <laughs> dignity. You see, there's only one safest place for David at this point, and it's another oxymoron. It would be better for David, at least it appeared it would be better for David, to move away to the homeland of what should have been his own worst enemy than to live in his own country. You come to chapter 21, verse 10, he flees to Gath. What's with Gath? Well, Gath is the hometown of that giant he defeated, the giant Goliath. It's the land of the Philistines. David is a wanted man here. And as you might suspect, it doesn't take long for somebody to recognize him. So you come to verse 13, 13 chapter 21, and you find David going undercover. Look what it says, chapter 21, verse 13. It says, he pretended to be insane. He acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. When he's captured, the king of Gath takes one look at him and, and blows him off. He don't know whether to laugh or to cry. And he says, why are you bothering me with him? Am I so short of madmen that you would bring him into my house. <laughs> this is our hero David, right? Scribbling on doors, saliva dripping down his beard. And when the king who has the war on his head sees him, he treats him as like nothing more than disposable goods and says, get him out of my sight. The other crutches. Location, spouse, mentor, friend, Coming to the end of himself, I hope this is beginning to hit home with, with somebody here because we are all leaners. We all have crutches that need to be stripped away. A crutch is an unstable security. A crutch is anything or anyone that would rob us of a life of full dependency on God himself. That's where the balance is in all of this. That's where the strength of the ride is. It's in God himself. So on the eve of the holiday, it's a sad story. We're divorcing. This is the first time 
she would face a holiday alone. Her ex-husband's gone. The kids are with dad for the holiday. She had the security of, of people to prepare for, people to rejoice with, celebrate with, share the season with. What is she going to lean on? What's left for her to lean on? It's been the story of my life. I have a hunch, I have a hunch that it's probably the story of yours in many ways, if we're going to be honest. I mean, one of the earliest I remember was when I graduated high school. I mean, I was determined to be a forester. So I was going to Northern Arizona University. I didn't know anybody going there. It was kind of a, a last-minute reality that, that, that this would work for me. So my mom and my brother drove me the distance. I don't know how far it's Flagstaff from Tucson. Three and a half, maybe four hours, depending on how deep the snow is. I don't know. Took me to my dorm, made sure I was good, and drove off. And there I still was. I mean, nobody knew who I was. They didn't even know my name. Nobody knew my accomplishments in, in high school, the list of things that I had leaned on so heavily. And, and since I was a new believer, honestly, I had the thought, wow, if this is what it means to be a Christ follower, I'm not sure I'd wish this on anybody. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. At, at this point in life, I'm realizing all of my male influences are being stripped away from me. I mean, one of the reasons I loved going home was to see my brother-in-law, Ronnie, the guy who said, I'm sick of this, let's get in my truck, I'm going to teach you how to drive. Love him. Still talk to him, even though they've been divorced for some years. But other men, men who have passed away, men, men who I have leaned on in my life, takes took away. Friday, I was in the home of a couple, Jim and Carolyn Beaker. They, they were part of the court that asked us if we'd start this church. Jim started a Thursday morning prayer. Carolyn was the one person that when I was down, I could call her and just spill my guts to her. That wasn't very far away. Thanks, Melinda, you know that. It wasn't very far along when they said, well, we're moving to Arizona now. Crutch taken away is my reliance on Jim and Carolyn Baker or is my trust in the Lord? Right? I mean, right now, Gary and Melinda Bloom are on the threshold of moving away just one month. I mean, I've, I've been thinking about a dozen things that they do as part of this body. Things that encourage. I mean, Gary's here at 6.30 on Sunday mornings. He was there last week with Dan two weeks ago when they weren't sure whether they, whether they could get that trailer out of the drifts or not. It, he grabs me and prays for me. Today, I walked to the back. Because every Sunday I can walk back there and Gary's back there to pray for me, getting me ready to teach. Not that it's about me, it's about him, but we're just making sure of that, right? And not about Gary, about him, right? Today I walked back there, he wasn't there. Oh man, crushed. So I said, okay, Lord, it's you and me. Well, fortunately, a couple of guys grabbed me and said, you know, let's pray. And then Gary comes walking in and says, you ready to pray? Awesome. Gary's leaving. Is Gary my hope? Is he my crutch? See? 
Am I abandoned and left alone, feeling sorry for myself? No way. See, God prunes things to make them more fruitful. He takes away crutches because he wants us to experience the whole glory of the law. Takes away the training wheels so we'll experience the whole glory of the ride. And so we're leaners. Children lean on parents. Students lean on, on teachers and friends and, and what they're accomplishing, just like I did in high school. Man, I was a band. I was a leader. I played in the cathedral. I was in jazz band, stage band, honor band. I was in drum and bugle corps. Man, oh man, me, 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 me. See, soon we're leaning on our potential. Then we're leaning on our future. Then our careers. Then our loves and our connections and our financial security and our health. My mom, I've told you several times, and I'll say it again, you know, she always said, when you have your health, you have everything. Sorry, Mom, when you have Jesus, you have everything. Yeah, because what happened when my mom lost her health? What does she have? What is she leaning on? There's something greater than health because there are unhealthy people who are living life to the fullest, right? Yeah. Yeah, sat in the room with Melody Shots one day. Man, she doesn't have much to go on, but on this one day, just watching her bring the glory of God into my very soul, because she may be incapacitated, but she's alive in her soul with the Spirit of Jesus Christ in her. You better believe it. You better believe it. My mom recently said, I feel like I've lost my purpose, because her whole crutch Raising her kids, getting out to the things she wanted to go to. Now she kids are gone. She can't get to the things she wants. Got crutches will be pulled away, and will it reveal that her trust is in God or her trust is in something else? Where is our balance? God has a balance for all of us. So there's three reasons the crutches must be taken away. At least three. Just let me give you these three. Number one, crutches cannot fill our need for God. God is so much more than a crutch. And I've heard antagonists say that Christians are nothing more than people who are afraid of the dark. That is a lie. Christians are people who are seeing dark for what it is and are stepping away from it in order to get to his glorious light. Because light thrives in light. Did you see the sunshine today? Does anybody besides me love sunshine? Huh? Or, or were you so captured by the wind that you missed it? Huh? Man. Yeah. The sun is shining. I have another song. <laughs> yeah. What is that song anyway? Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. Yeah. That's another song in my mind. What? Bam, bam, bam. Here comes the sun. Yeah, that song, man. When I hear that guitar up in the eighth breath. Go, George Harrison. Little darling, it seems like years since it's been clear. Here comes the sun. Man, sun! I love sun. Light thrives in the light. It's a glorious thing. I've heard Christians accused of, 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 of people 
who need crutches. But the truth is, Christians are people who are recognizing the crutches they've been hanging on to in order to walk in the real liberty that God created them to walk in. With God as their strength, God as their balance, because those training wheels are pretty unstable. If you lean on them too heavily, you'll find out real balance. That's the essence of Isaiah 41, verse 10, where it says, When God's speaking to you, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Well, let me stop. Why don't we read it together? Let's read it together. God's speaking. So, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. We give God glory for that. Yeah. Now, when the old crunch, we're leaning on the Lord. He's our balance, our balance. Second reason crutches must be let go of is because they tend to lock us in the horizontal plane. The horizontal plane. The horizontal plane is really about the stuff of this world. I mean, ultimately, it's the stuff that fails, it's the stuff that breaks down, it's the stuff that disappoints, it's those unstable securities. None of it being designed to be for us what God alone can be. So leaning on crutches, if you've experienced it, makes it kind of hard to look up for fear of losing your balance. But you are made for up. You are made to run with your eyes fixed on the prize, run with heads high, thou, O Lord, you're the shield about me, my glory, the lifter of my head. Look at one of my transformational texts, okay? And uh, if you want to know the story, all eyes on Jesus, this is a huge part of it right here. Okay, this is Colossians 3. Look what it says. Look at it. Since then, you have been raised. What direction was raised? Yeah. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things uh, above. Vertical, right? Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now it's reinforced. Verse 2. Set your minds on things uh, vertical, right? Not on earthly things. That's the horizontal. See it? Yeah? Verse 3. For you... Die. Uh oh. Something's been stripped away. You'll never be fully useful to God till you come to the end of you and the things you're leaning on. See? When you die and your life is now hidden with Christ and God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with Him in glory. Is anybody glad about that? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. You better believe. So crutches can't replace anything God. Crutches get us locked in a horizontal plane, looking at down, we're supposed to be looking up, and then third. Crutches tend to camouflage real problems. I mean, if we're, we're honest, we're all looking for a degree of escape. I mean, you know, let me out of here. I can only get out of here. So we easily grab a hold of, of temporary relief. We don't treat the problem, we tend to treat symptoms. We don't face our giants. We try to get go away on vacation in order to get away from them. So, you know, we escape into entertainment. We escape into, you know, another drink or maybe drugs or some kind of toxin. Sometimes we escape into people. Sometimes we escape into our jobs or our hobbies. Uh, we can go on and on. 
But sooner or later, those same symptoms will keep popping up. They'll just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. In fact, the giants are always standing there waiting for you to come back home from vacation. Because the problem is that giants and symptoms aren't there to be treated, they're there to be defeated. God wants to help us walk in victory. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with medications and medications and their proper um, application, okay? But what we're talking about is God having so much more for us. He doesn't provide temporary relief. God gives us real, lasting victory. So, I want to challenge you this week. Take a good look at the creation account in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And what you'll find there is that before God ever placed man into his wonderful creation, he made a whole bunch of wonderful things, things that were given for our benefit, things that were given to control us, never intended for us to serve them, but intended to be there for our serve. But then the fall happened. And when the fall happened, what, 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 what took place there was mankind literally kicking God out of his life and kicking him, kicking him out, of his, out of the world. The result was a hole, a God-shaped hole. And so we try to, to, to patch the hole. Temporary fixes, WD-40, duct tape, whatever it takes, crutches, unstable security, giving people and things a place for which they were never intended. And before long, Things are no longer serving us, but we find ourselves serving them. After all, the more you've got, the more you've got to protect. And once we're a creation case, so freely, now it's become a taskmaster. And this stuff, and even people can make terrible taskmasters, right? Cracking that, that whip and, and, and forcing us to hold on to what we can so that we become like the seagulls and find the game up. Mine, 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 mine. Mine, 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 So, So we become covetous and we divide against each other. We fight. We lose our kids to war. Things and people become necessity and take the place of Almighty God. Hmm. Clinging to crutches becomes a source of detriment for us. Bad habits and the curse that brought upon us in the first place will not go away without a fight. It's going to be Strong, a stronger battle than trying to eradicate a bad tooth. That's right. And my hope is that maybe today we can see in ourselves giving long place to people and things, allowing them to have control they were never intended to have. Relationships, dreams, children, promises, financial security, careers, the other choice. You can look around for crutches to lean on, or you can look to the real source of security, God Himself. So, two thoughts as we close. First, there's nothing wrong with being a leaner as long as you're learning to lean on Him. Learning to win, I'm learning to win, I'm learning to win, oh Jesus. 
finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus Yeah. Second, kind of like losing my training wheels and taking a great fall for, for everyone to see. Uh, losing those substitutes for God can be a really difficult and, and, and painful process. And sometimes we real, sometimes we grieve, and sometimes we have to take back up a little bit. But if we'll be honest before Almighty God, if we trust Him, that's all just preparing us for the great ride. <laughs> the ride of liberty. To get off the knees and to learn to walk in strength. Find your balance. It's in Him. It's in Him. It's about discovering that God in heaven loved us so much that He was willing to sacrifice His one and only Son. So that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. The heart of God rescuing mankind from His own choices. It's about responding to that love with growing to understand what it means to love God, which means as I love God, I can trust Him. Then out of that, being empowered to love His people, the church, so that we can be one body, we're one. And out of that, being empowered to love people who maybe don't understand, who are, who are um, groping in the darkness, trying to find something to hold on to because they need to know Him, and therefore they don't decide things the way you do, they don't think the way you do, they don't vote the way you do, but they sure need the Savior you know. That's it. So Lord, I don't know what you're saying to my friends here. I know what you said to me. And so, Lord, maybe in a very real sense, there's someone here today that uh, sees something they've been leaning on, and somehow it's robbing them of greater things that you have for them. And maybe today they're realizing that you've already given them the balance they need so that they're able to drop their church. And walk. Maybe today that person is someone who's been fighting you and doing life apart from you. And today they're dropping the crutch <laughs> and they're lifting their hands high, saying their arms wide open, and they're running home. <laughs> it's great for you. Thank you for receiving.